discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Once again, thank you for the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Kindly take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So, on Thursday, um, also on 31st, I started sharing with you on um, supernatural accomplishments, isn't it? Do you remember? This are your what? Supernatural accomplishments. And this month, we are going to be um, focusing on supernatural accomplishments through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's a month of supernatural accomplishments through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next month, it will be a month of supernatural accomplishments through something else. So the purpose of all these uh, meetings is to help you um, help with understanding. You remember in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, he lets you know why preachers are there. Okay? Church is very important. Church, like I always say, is not supposed to be treated as a part of uh, one of the things that we do, you know, during the week. Church is so important. Um, without it, the other aspects of your life will not work as it's supposed to. Remember, you are a spirit being who has a soul and lives in a body. So you are not a soul. You see? So there are things you do, you think. You go to school to educate your soul, to educate your mind. Isn't it? That's very important. For instance, a, a lawyer cannot be a lawyer unless her, his or her mind is trained along a particular line. A doctor cannot be a doctor unless his or her mind is trained along a particular line. So as much as you have um, solical training to be able to become something along a particular line, you have bodily training as well, isn't it? I mean, you can't hit the gym and carry 50 kilograms at once. You need to train. So. Training is um, necessary for various aspects of your life. Okay? If our souls, our souls are not, that is not us. The real you is not your soul. The real you is not your body. If you go through many, you know, all kinds of extents to get your body looking a certain shape or looking a certain way, our ladies would want to put on certain types of hair very expensive hair, isn't it? In order to advance their beauty. They would want to, right now, their hip pads that are sold 
bottom pads and breast pads and all of that that are sold in order to get a certain type of appearance. No be so. I, I was amazed when I saw some ladies exercising to have their bottoms come out. And exercising for their bellies to become flatter. So just as you go through certain extents to get your body trained or to get your mind trained, there are, there's training for your spirit as well. Okay? Your, and the, your spirit is the real you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, people have gone to school, but it didn't really help them. Yes, they've gone to school, but I realize that they are not, they are not wise. Is it not true? They've gone to school, but then it didn't, the impact that the school was supposed to have on them did not, did not occur, did not happen. So even though they've been to school, you realize they are, they're unable to think in a certain direction. The education ended up limiting them instead of liberating them. Do you see? Uh-huh. So there's a particular training that brings more profit. If you read in First Timothy chapter 4, Verse 8, very popular scripture. It says, but refuse old wives. Let's read it. For Okay, um, from verse 7, so that we, we see it some more. It says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. You see, let's read it in the Amplified, this particular one in the Amplified. It says, but refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, in other words, don't get involved in things that uh, will not bring you any profit. Someone says he met an angel and the angel said this to him and all of that. Preaching things that has nothing to do with the word of God. He says, refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions. Then he says, mere ma- grandmother's tales. These are old, old women's tales. Do you see? Then he says, and silly myths. And express your disapproval of them. That's why sometimes you preach and talk about things that some people are saying that are not consistent with the word of God. With fierceness. I don't know if you've seen it before. Then it says, train yourself toward godliness. Train yourself towards what? Godliness. Piety. Then it says, keeping yourself spiritually fit. Wow. Next verse. You see, so all the things you could do. Are very, they are nice. There's nothing wrong with exercising for your bottoms to become a certain way. Or exercising for your chest to become a certain way. There's nothing wrong with that. Be happy. But there are things that are more important than that. So this one says, verse 8 says, For physical training is of some value. So it lets you know it's of some value. It's useful for a little. It's important you exercise. Okay? This morning when I woke up, I realized I was really tired. I was awake for about an hour, but I couldn't, I couldn't stand up. I was just lying in the bed. I realized I'm, I'm, I'm lacking exercise. I need to start exercising once again. Yeah, I've gone for a long time. I've been fasting, praying, doing things. So you can't exercise the fast. Oh. Uh, so I realized that it's like I've gone for a long time without exercise. I have to find a way of going. Out. It's, it's, it's taking a toll on my body. So it's of some value, isn't it? Then it says, but godliness, spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way for its holds promise for the present life 
and also for the life which is to come. Spiritual training is useful and profitable. Okay, he says it's useful and of value in everything and in every way. In everything and in every way. Meaning that if you want to um, get certain things accomplished, even in your soul, spiritual training is useful to help you be able to get certain things accomplished in your soul or in your mind. If you want certain things accomplished in your body, spiritual training is useful and of value for you in with respect to what you want to do with your body, with things outside of your body, with your business, with your relationships, every single thing that you can ever think about, okay, is affected if your spirit is trained as it's supposed to, if you train yourself spiritually. That's basically what he's trying to say. Training yourself spiritually. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you see something like this, I don't know why you would not give it a certain kind of attention. He says, physical training is good. This is NLT. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Amazing. So, when we come to church like this, we, we come to have ourselves trained. Spiritually educated. Do you see? For instance, you will not know what it means to sense the anointing of God's spirit if you've not been trained spiritually. Jacob slept. You know? And whilst he was sleeping, there was a whole angelic traffic happening right by his head. And he did not see. He did not... It was not... It didn't affect him in any way. So he woke up and said, God was here. And I knew it not. How would you know can you notice God even in the cry of a baby? God would want you to be trained to be able to know exactly what's going on at different times so that you can take advantage of the presence of God or take advantage of um, the anointing of God's spirit that is dwelling in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we cannot overemphasize it. it. It makes too much of a difference in a man's life, in a woman's life. It makes too much of a difference. It will change your life forever. If you know what it means to fellowship with the Spirit, it will change your life forever. If you know what it means to put your faith to work, it will change your life forever. If you know what it means to, to meditate on the Word of God and have insight into mysteries and secrets, it will change your life forever. It will change your confidence. You see, concerning life and every other thing concerning your life. I mean, it's, it's, it's too important. We cannot um, put our spiritual lives down and focus so much on our souls and on our bodies and expect things to work as it's supposed to. It, does, it just doesn't work. Even those who are outside the church understand what I'm telling you now. You see, there, there's the, um, the spiritual realm is different from the realm of the spirit. Okay? When we say spiritual realm, we are talking about the, the universe of the spirits or the universe of spirits. Whether you like it or not, spirits are existent. Yesterday we were having a discussion about football in Ghana, you know, and how it is influenced by spirits. Yeah, so they, they go for juju and all of that 
they meet dwarfs, they meet uh, mommy water and all of that, where, with one of our uncles who was saying that they, they've, they've actually seen a mermaid had an encounter like that because of football. Yes, so that they can win. Sometimes you'll see a, a vulture will visit the park. And that vulture, when the vulture comes, you know that you have won. If the vulture does not come, you should know that there's trouble. So, what I'm trying to say is that even those outside the church, okay, recognize the fact that you need some spiritual backing in order for things to work for you. Some choose Buddhism. Right now, Buddhism is really high in America. Buddhism and uh, uh, yoga, the spirit, the spirit aspect of yoga. Yoga is Buddhism, right? Is it from Buddhism? One of those things. Something. Yeah. But nobody walks around with their two eyes, their two legs, and their two hands. Nobody. Very few people walk around just like that. So if you're a Christian, you have chosen to go along a certain line. Okay? You have decided I'm going to go along a certain line. Now, if you're going to go along a certain line, you better be serious with it. You have to understand exactly what it is. Don't be clueless. Okay? So that you can take advantage of what you say you are taking advantage of and have results. Bear much fruits. Jesus is excited when you bear much fruits. So train yourself spiritually. This year you must train yourself spiritually. Okay? That's where the result is. That's where the blessing is. That's where the whatever, the money that you're looking for, all those things are there. Hallelujah. So when we come to church, we make efforts to teach you certain things. Now, it's not just the things that we teach you here that makes a difference. The one-on-one that we have on with you and the extra meetings. There are some extra meetings that we'll be doing, for instance. There are some extra meetings. It's not just for leaders. I'm, I'm not thinking about leaders. I'm thinking about every church member having a certain kind of spiritual understanding and having a certain kind of spiritual um, influence in order for it. My, my job is to make you do well in life. And my joy is in seeing you do well in life. That's my joy. If you are working and not seeing any results, you will not be happy, isn't it? Yes. If you are working and you are seeing results, it brings you joy. It brings you excitement. So our focus is to help you train yourself spiritually. Help you train spiritually so that you can have results in your soul and have results in your body. That is why we come to church. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. So when you start missing services, it doesn't make it really doesn't uh, make much of a, much of sense. You know, like what's going on? Why are you not coming? Someone said something to you, so you won't come again. It doesn't make it. It means you really don't understand exactly what is going on. You see, or someone did not talk to you nicely, or someone behaved a certain way, so you are not coming again. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, there are other churches. It's not every other. It's not every church that has a particular assignment. You, you cannot exist in all churches. In every church you can you can exist in. I've been saying it several times. You know, if you read in, we just, I just mentioned a scripture in Jeremiah chapter three verse fifteen, but I, I didn't read it. If you go to Jeremiah three fifteen, it says, "And I will give God is the one talking. I will give you pastors. I will give you pastors." 
So you don't choose who should be your pastor. It's the Lord who, who chooses for you. And if you don't allow the Lord to choose for you, you will roam for a very long time. You will roam for a very long time. Says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Knowledge concerning the things of the Spirit and understanding concerning the things of the Spirit. So that you would know exactly what is going on and know exactly how to put things together for you to bear fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then if you read 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians rather, chapter 3, verse 5, Paul says something there. He says, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. So the Lord gives every man a minister by whom you believe. Have you seen it? Yes. Yeah. So who is he that has been given to you for you to believe? If you find that person, stay. If you don't think this is your church, don't come back again. To be honest with you, don't, you are wasting your time. But if you know that God has pointed us to you, that you need to be here, then stay for years. Let us bury you even. I tell you. You understand? Yeah. Because your, your growth, your development, your, the understanding that you will get in life and things happen in life, if you don't know what I'm telling you. You know the devil doesn't like you? You know the devil doesn't like you? You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at, at the extent of hatred he has for you. Not for your neighbor, for you. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked when you get to know the plans and the purposes he has for you. You'll be surprised at how much he wants to destroy your life. It's amazing. So don't, don't allow your life to just to, to be destroyed before you know that um, you, need, you need to train yourself spiritually. I don't know what I'm saying. This is not part of my message. But as, I'm, as I stood here, this is what God is telling me to tell you. My notes are there. I'll, I'll go into my notes. But this is what God is telling me to tell you right now. So make up your mind. Okay? Make up your mind that you are not going to joke with your life. With your life in the spirit. You are not going to joke with it. You're going to take it seriously. Okay? Yeah. Don't get an F in life. Don't get an F in life. Maybe you had an F in school. That was school. Well, this is life. Don't get an F. Okay? Yeah. So be around. Stay. Don't let anybody call you. Come to church. It's clear that you don't have understanding. You have to be in the, in the church. You have to be around. I have not missed church for the last 25 years of my life. Yes. I'm, more, I'm, I'm about 30. And I've been in church since I knew that church, this is church. I remember six, when I was six years old, I was, I remember being in church when I was six years old. Yes. And I'm over 30. Yes. Yeah. Been in church for years. You will not find me sitting at home on Sunday morning. For what purpose? I don't want my life to be destroyed. Yeah. 
I don't want to get a strange accident and then that will be the end of my life. Let me show you, because I'm talking like this, let me show you a certain scripture. Okay. Second Timothy chapter two. Let's read from, um, from verse 24. Second Timothy chapter two from verse 24. It says, and the servant of the Lord must not strive. Okay. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. He's talking to those of us who are servants of God, like pastors. Let's read a lighter version so that we can understand it. Okay. Do you have DBE? Yes. Yeah. For it is not right for the law servant to make trouble. So the law servants must not make trouble. But he is to be gentle to all. He has to be nice to everybody. Wow. He is to be ready in teaching. He should be ready to teach at any time. To teach all men. Putting up with wrong. So even when people are doing him wrong, whilst he's trying to teach them, he should put it up with them. He should put up with them. You get it? Like he should still be gentle with them. Next verse. Gently guiding those who go against the teaching. Hmm? If by chance, those who go against the teaching, you are teaching them this, but they are going against it. You say A, they say we'll do QRST. Do you see, do you see those, those kind of people? Okay, listen, listen. It says, gently guiding those who go against the teaching. If by chance, God may give them a change of heart and true knowledge. Next verse. And so they may get themselves free from the net of the evil one. Being made the prisoners of the lost servant for the purpose of God. Have you seen it? So going against the teaching of the Lord puts you in the net of the evil one. How many of you are seeing it? And so they may get themselves free from the net of the evil one. Wow. We should read message here. From this word. 24. Message. Pastor says read from 24. God's servant must not be argumentative. But a gentle listener and a teacher who keeps cool. Wow. I'm seeing some of you in the verse. Working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. You never know how or when God might sober them up with a change of heart and turning to the truth. 26. Enabling them to escape the devil's trap. Where they are caught and held captive. Forced to run his errands. The King James says that they, let's read the King James, verse 26, just King James. And that they may recover themselves after there's not the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So, you see, when you have, let's say you have a chicken in your, in your, you've, you've caught a chicken in your hand coop, it's, it's trapped there. You know, and you are just waiting for a particular occasion to use the chicken for soup. That is how some people are. In the devil's den. They are, they've been caught captive. They are already captives. But the devil is waiting to take advantage of them at the right time. Yeah. He says, teach them so that they may be able to recover themselves. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. But because you don't see certain things with your physical eye, you think that they don't exist. They do. They do exist. They do exist. Okay? They do exist. It's just time. Before you realize something strange has happened. And your life has ended. And you write, what a shock. 
strange exits. <laughs> Gone too soon. Painful exits. Say that's not my life. That's not my life. That's not my life. Say it again. That's not my life. That's not my life. You see, and amazingly, God is always weighing you. He's always checking you. But obviously, the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro in the earth. Looking for the one whom he will be strong on his behalf. That's what the Bible says. Ananwa. Yeah. He's looking. He's always checking. There was this guy called Eliab in the Bible. Eliab was one of the sons of Jesse. David's biggest brother. Take tall guy, well built. He was into bodily exercise. And God actually considered him for kingship. The Bible says that when Samuel, the prophet, saw him, this is First Samuel chapter 16, when he saw Eliab, he took the vial of oil. Even the prophet was deceived. Even the, the prophet of God missed it. He took the vial of oil and said, I'm going to anoint this guy. He said, surely the Lord's anointed stands before him. Okay, first Samuel 66. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Look at the next verse. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, don't look at his appearance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. Other version says, I have rejected him. Eliab never knew he was under scrutiny. He never knew. But when the time came for his promotion, God said, Not him. Why not him? Because he's not prepared himself for it. It's not because God does not like him or anything like that. No, he's not prepared himself. He's not prepared for the opportunity that is coming. The younger brother, the youngest brother, was ready. He was ready. He had been training himself spiritually, so he was ready when the time came. Be ready when the time comes. This year, God is going to promote you. Listen, God does not just talk. Um, I, I... I try as much as possible. My difficulty, okay, is in making sure I don't say something I'm not being told to say. Do you understand? Yeah. As a pastor, I make, I try very hard to not say things that I feel I should say. I try very hard to yield myself completely to God so that He can, I can just be a vessel for Him to communicate through. So, on the first when we stood there and spoke, I, I, I had to prepare. You see, I had to go away for some time. Prepare, try, pray. With all the distractions and everything, try. So that I can know exactly what to say to you. So when God said that it's a year of supernatural accomplishments, I, I just, I knew that this is it. You see, I was away for a month when God told me that. In October when I was away, God told me. So I've known this since October. I told the council members in November, I think. So I've known it for a long time. And this is what God is saying. He says, this year, your life is not going to be by might or by power, but by my spirit. Says the Lord. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. So let's go there. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, this is the word of the Lord unto you, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, say the Lord of hosts. Next verse. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Put your name there. Before Nana. Before Tasha. 
thou shalt become a plain. So makes no difference what you encounter throughout the year. Makes no difference the, the challenges you encounter. All those challenges are going to become like planes before you are going to have a walk. He's telling you that you are going to have a walk over throughout the year. In every aspect of your life. In every aspect of your life. Then he says, thou shalt become a plane and he shall bring forth the headstone, the completion stone. The word accomplishment means to complete something, isn't it? Yeah, to complete something, to bring it to a completion. So he says, he shall bring it to a complete, the building that he was building to a completion, a completion with shoutings, trying grace, grace unto it. He shall be trying grace, grace, because he will, he, he will know that it's by the grace of God that he has done the things that he has done. It's by the influence of the Spirit that he has done the things that he has done. Hallelujah. So this you are going to be accomplishing greatness supernaturally through the power of the Holy Spirit, like was said during the 31st, isn't it? Now, I want to help you throughout this month and all the months that will be, will be in throughout the year to help you with various aspects through which you can, you, can, uh, you can express that greatness, that supernatural accomplishment. Please, you understand? Uh, so, the first thing we are talking about is supernatural accomplishments through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? This is what he has said. It's not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. By my Spirit, says the Lord. I remember telling you the last time that um, we have inheritance. We have joined us together with Christ. In Romans chapter chapter 8, verse 15. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 15. It says, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Wow, we don't have the spirit of bondage. That makes us afraid. Meaning that you don't have to be afraid of life. See, I'm not afraid. I'm, not I'm confident. I'm confident. In, life. in life. You know, some people sit in buses and then they start, you know, they start fretting. Hey, I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of... There are so many people who have so many fears. Unnecessary fears. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid... He says the spirit that we have received from God is not the spirit of bondage. That leads to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. The spirit that makes you a son. Bondage means to bring it to servanthood. But he says you have received the Holy Spirit. Who is the spirit of sonship? Bringing you to sonship with God. So you are not a child of God. You are not a son, a daughter of God. Behold, what man of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we should be what? We should be sons of God. We should be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, now are we the sons of God. Now, not tomorrow. Now. So he says, because you are a child of God, he has made you heirs. So go back, go to verse 16. He says, the Spirit himself bears witness with us. This Spirit that we have received from God which is the spirit of adoption or the spirit of sonship, not the spirit of bondage to fear, bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So he lets you know, he whispers to you quietly to let you know that you are actually a child of God. He confirms that you are, you are truly a child of God. Sometimes you can be going through something and you wonder, Am I, do I even know God? Does God even know me? He's the, that spirit that whispers to you and lets you know and gives you that assurance that you are really a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then the next verse says, And if children, if we are children of God, then we are heirs. We are heirs. We are inheritors. You can't give your inheritance to someone who is not your child. And people do that, but then normally it's to your children. 
we were we were in a place where you know a man a man passed on just over the weekend. We visited a particular place, and that man built a whole estate for his children. Maybe about twenty houses. Because there were some more at the back. I don't know if you noticed them. I was there with my wife. So a number of them, I noticed some at the back. And I, I didn't know he was the one who built the whole He built the whole place and gave it to his children. I mean, I'm talking about big, big houses. Not one, not two. About 20. Some of them have two and all of that. He gave it to his children, not to an alien. When he was dying, he gave it to his children. Not his workers. Not his secretary. But his children. You can work for God to die if you don't understand the fact that you are his child. You will not inherit anything. He doesn't live for, for servants. Do you understand? If children, then heirs. Then he says, heirs of God. We are inheritors of God. All that God owns is now yours. What a blessing. I don't know, I don't know what this means to you. You need to spend time to think about it. I tell you, that, this, is what, this is what we mean by meditation. You pick a scripture like this, you think about it. Heirs of God. I'm an heir of God. Heirs of God. Heirs of God. Wow. So you just think about it. You toss it in your mind. Heir of God. Heir of God. What does God own? What does he own? What really does he own? What does God own? All the angels are yours. Eh? All the angels are for God, isn't it? They are all mine. He calls us heirs of salvation. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Look at Hebrews 1, 14. You see, I'm meditating right now, so a scripture just flew into my mind. You see. And they, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? He's talking about angels. Let's read Amplified. The Amplified will help us. Are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation. Wow. Have you inherited salvation? Yeah. So one of the things you've inherited are angels. You can put them to work for your, for your life. I have assistance. I don't like assistance. Wow. My wife, my wife said, Do you, and, and ask yourself whilst you're meditating whether you believe what he's saying in his word. Do you see, do I believe this thing? Sometimes you realize that I don't really believe this thing. If I don't believe, what do I need to do? You need to confess it for yourself. You see, the way to believe it, believing is to confess it. The more you say it, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, the more you say it. This is very easy to believe. It, it's not difficult to believe. Okay? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So when you speak the word of God for yourself, you are hearing. And when you are hearing it, you are having faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. Look at Romans 10, 9 and 10. I'm saying so many things. I'll come back to the main thing, okay? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is in it. This shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Second Corinthians 4, 13. Second Corinthians. We have in the same spirit of faith, according, according as it is written, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So if you believe, you will speak. Isn't it? And if you speak, you believe. So if you want to believe, speak it. The more you speak it, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, the more you speak it. So you say to yourself, I'm an heir of God. 
I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir together with Christ. I'm not ordinary. You see, so you pace the floor of your room, or you sit down, and then you say that to yourself. I'm an heir of God. You point, you should have a mirror in your room. You look at the mirror and then you say, you, you, you are an heir of God. Yeah. What belongs to God belongs to you. What? What belongs to God belongs to you. You are not easy. You are, you are too blessed. Never should you complain in your life. Can you imagine? He says you have assistance. Angels are in your life to assist you. Don't pray and say, God, send me an angel. I need an angel. It's a foolish song. Don't sing it again. I'm calling an angel. Is it an angel? Did he say an angel? Send me an angel right now. No, no, no. It's but you have come on to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels. Watch what you are singing because what you are singing is what you are believing. Singing is a confession. Yeah. That is why I'm so particular about songs. Today you were singing a song, I was listening, I was like, no, 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 this one should not be sung. You shouldn't sing this one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are heirs of God. Say we are heirs of God. God. And the biggest inheritance that we have from God is his spirit. Pastor, please come, come, come up with your seat. And come and sit down nicely. Vasilikem is God. He looks like God. Yeah. If God wants to get something done over there, okay, God does not stand up from his seat. God's throne is, is forever. He's always seated in his throne. My God, please come. If God wants to get something accomplished over there, his spirit gets out of him, boom, like that. And then goes to accomplish that over there. You see, come. If he wants to get something else done over there, at the same time, boom, like that. <laughs> and then he comes here, the Holy Spirit comes here to come and work. The same Holy Spirit can be here and be there. And be there and be there. And be there at, at all times. And it is the Holy Spirit who come, He is the power of God. He is the one. He is the doer. He is, he is what? He is God doing. He is God in action. Do you see? Are you in the church? Uh, he is the, the power of God. Without him, nothing. God can't accomplish anything without him. Did you hear what I just said? God can't accomplish anything without the Holy Spirit. Now, when God was giving you inheritance, he gave you the Holy Spirit. Without whom he can't do anything. He gave us all of his ability, more than his ability. Are you in the church? So we have the most powerful inheritance ever that you can ever think about and his name is the holy spirit and in the old testament like i said on on thursday he came upon the people he came upon the people so if he wanted to do something in israel he would come upon somebody for a brief period and empower him to or her to accomplish a particular thing and then you leave 
But now in the New Testament, he doesn't come and go. He's now staying in you. He has his permanent abode in you. Please, you cannot take your seats. Let's give the round of applause as they take your seats. I don't know if you are seeing what I'm telling you. He has that mighty, precious Holy Spirit of God is the one living inside you now. What can't you do? So Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. You know Christ means the anointing and the anointed one. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Actually. That's what Christ means the anointing and the anointed one. Or the anointed one and the anointing. He's talking about the, the same thing. He's talking about the Holy Spirit actually. Jesus is in us through the agency of the Holy Spirit. Jesus cannot be inside us without the Holy Spirit. So when we say Christ in you, we're actually referring to the Holy Spirit in you. Do you see? Yeah. Jesus was an ordinary man moving around. He was born of God, but he was ordinary. He was moving around normally, like any other person, until the Holy Ghost came upon him. If you read in Luke chapter, chapter 3, verse 21, Jesus went to be baptized by John. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. The Holy Ghost descended upon him. And when he descended upon him, he descended upon him for the purpose of staying in him. So Jesus was the very first person to have the Holy Spirit descend upon him and stay in him. So if, if you jump to verse 4, chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says that after he descended upon him, he stayed in him and drove him into the wilderness. And Jesus, being full of the... He came upon him for the purpose of filling him. And that's exactly what happens to us in our new birth. Okay? And when we receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the fullness of the Spirit. Are you in the church? Yeah. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Into the wilderness. The, 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 the word led is actually driven. He drove him into the wilderness. Jesus' life became supernatural from that day onwards. Wow. Yeah, it became supernatural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit who is in you is going to drive you this year to do many glorious things. I tell you, to do many, 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 many glorious things. You know, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of possibilities. If you read in Luke, Luke chapter 1, Luke now, okay, so Luke chapter 1, let's read from verse 26. Luke 1, from verse 26. And in a certain man, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And an angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. What, why, why are you greeting me like this? Next verse. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Wow. Mary found favor with God. Who we were born into favor. They know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. I have said that they are gods, but ye understand not. Hey, it's amazing, oh. That is why you must know, you must educate yourself spiritually. You will never be sad in your life, ever again. I tell you, you will never 
hold your head in your head like in your hand like this, as though you are carrying the world. Thinking, I don't have a job. I don't have a beloved. I don't have a child. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. So God does not love me. You don't know what you're talking about. Next verse, verse, verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. What? Verse 32. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Next verse. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So the angel is talking to this young lady and she's wondering, what is this guy saying? Next verse. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? How? Because you need, you know, you need processes to get things accomplished, isn't it? I mean, you woke up in the morning, you went through some steps before you got, you got here. You have to take a shower, brush your teeth, iron your dress, get into the dress, get into a car, drive or walk to the station and then get a bus and get to a certain point and continue and come. You have to go through other processes, all those processes to get here. So Mary knew about processes. So she was asking, how the process for conception is for you to meet, first of all, you must meet a man who likes you. And then you also check if you like him. The like him must be uh, bi-directional. It's not one-directional. Sometimes some boys are surprised that the lady refuses them. They don't like you. What is your problem? Just go where you are accepted. Do you understand? Yeah, it's not a problem. If you go and they say no, nothing, it doesn't reduce you, it doesn't reduce your height, it doesn't change your hair color, it doesn't do any of those things. You are still the one, you are, you are still you. It's not written on your face. Go to them, pray about it, uh, and move. We move, innit? Move to the next place and let them see what will happen. So Mary knew the processes. I have to meet a man, like him, he must like me. Then we must get married. And then when we get married, now these are, these are how processes take time. Isn't it? Processes take time. So this may run over a year or two. Period. At least. So she was wondering. I, I, we've not done the wedding. We've not done any of those things. I have found them, but we've not even done a wedding. So what are you talking about? After we've done the wedding, we must go into the room. Something must happen. I must receive seed from a man. For me to be able to conceive. I must be in my ovulation period to be able to get the seed accomplished. Eh? But none of these things are happening. So what am I talking about? Then the angel told her exactly what was going to happen. Now look at the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at the next verse. And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. The Holy Ghost is the power of the highest. So what, what he said that the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee is the same as the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Next verse. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sick man with her who was called barren. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And what is supposed to take lots and lots of processes will happen in a split second. Say, this is my life. This is what God is saying this year. That you wouldn't have to go through unnecessary processes. If it takes three years for it to be done, you will do it in a month. Wow. 
Do you like what I'm telling you now? Look at the next verse. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So what you think is, if you, if you are planning and thinking this year, and you realize that hey, this thing is not possible, no. well, come to this year. Do you see? And realize that, ah, Charlie, this thing here is humanly impossible. If it is humanly impossible, then you should know that you are actually in the right place. Because the spirit of the highest, the Holy Ghost, the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Overshadow that thing that you are doing. And help you bring forth fruits to the glory of God. This, this, this is what God is saying for the year. Okay? Now, how do we engage the Holy Spirit? Because there's, there's this one thing that you need to do. There's always one thing that you do. Mary needed to do one thing. All she needed to do was to believe. So look at the next verse. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. When she agreed with what the angel of the Lord was saying, she conceived there and then. Yes, she conceived there and then because after this place, she went to, she went to, to, to see uh, Elizabeth. And when she got there, the child who was six months old in the mother's womb lived because the child had seen the, the Lord in the other womb. Right then, then she conceived. Right then, then she conceived. Yeah. So there's always this one thing that it's, it's, it's all about believing exactly what God has said. This is what God is saying. I believe it. That settles it. Okay? Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. It's, it's happening in my life. This year, extraordinary things, supernatural things happening everywhere for me. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Every step is supernatural. Every move is supernatural. Many supernatural accomplishments. Supernatural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the most important person in your life this year is the Holy Spirit. Just as we engaged him last year, it's the same thing I do. We're engaging the Holy Spirit this year. On another level altogether. Okay? Now, I just asked a question. How? You know the Holy Spirit is in us, right? Is enough to bring us to countless supernatural accomplishments. That's the truth. Now, how do we engage the Holy Spirit for supernatural accomplishments? How? How, how do I engage him? Okay? In order for him to be able to do the things that he wants to do in my life. Is it because you can, you can, there are two things you can do to prevent the Holy Spirit from doing something in your life. The first one is grieve the Holy Spirit. If you read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So you can grieve his personality. Okay? You can grieve his personality. We'll talk about this one into details. But the other one is that you can quench his power. That's in First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's read verse 19. First Thessalonians 5. That's nice. It's quench not the spirit. Let's read other versions of this. Remember, he's working in your life. Say he's working in my life. Is the Holy Spirit in you? The Holy Spirit is in you with all of himself, with all of his power. Okay? This one says, do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine? You can subdue the Holy Spirit. 
The first one is with reference to his personality. You can grieve his personality. Okay? He's a person, so you can, you can grieve him. You can make him feel sorry. This one is in reference to his power. You can prevent his power, which is what is required to make supernatural things happen all around you. You can extinguish that fire. You can put what uh, fire extinguisher on, on his power in your life. Hmm? This one says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. You can stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not restrain the Holy Spirit. Wow. So how do you not restrain the Holy Spirit? You do not restrain the Holy Spirit by ensuring in the infilling of the Spirit. The opposite of quenching the Spirit is the infilling of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, 18. It says, and be, Ephesians 5, 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So he, he lets us know that we have a responsibility of being filled with the Spirit. If you read in the Amplified, let's read the Amplified. I like the Amplified. I always read the Amplified. So normally I'll, that's my second alternative. It says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is the butchery, but ever be filled. Ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Spirit is what causes supernatural things to happen around you. That's what happened. That's what causes supernatural things to happen around you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you read in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They just began to speak, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke with tongues, okay, as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Next verse. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Next verse. Now, when this was noised abroad, the Holy Ghost, the influence of the Holy Ghost that they experienced was noised abroad. Remember, before this, all these disciples were hiding. They were afraid. They didn't want to come out. Yeah. But the power of the Holy Ghost that came upon them caused them to be open. They, they came out in the open. And they preached the gospel. And 3,000 people gave their life to Christ instantly. It's amazing. Is that not supernatural? A church growing from 120 to, because there were 120 up there, 120 to 3,000 within seconds. What, what was the secret? The infilling of the Holy Spirit. So, no matter what you do, ensure that you are filled with the Holy Spirit because that is what will make supernatural things happen. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon them to accomplish a particular feat. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is inside us. He's sitting inside us. Now, what happens for him to do mega things with us or supernatural things with us or around us is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So now you, you must be filled. It's not the coming upon the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. It's now the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Please, do you understand? Yes. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. And Paul lets us know that you can ever be filled with the Holy Spirit. Meaning that you can live a life of the infilling of the Spirit every time. Not at certain occasions or not at certain times only. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit at all times. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit at all times, you will see supernatural things happening all the time. You will not, you cannot explain how the money is coming. You cannot explain how things are working. Why people keep coming to your business. You can't explain. All you know is that things are working as they're supposed to. So there's only one thing you're supposed to ensure this year is to be filled with the Spirit. Now, go to chapter 3. Acts chapter 
Okay, let's read chapter 4, verse 8. Look at Peter's life. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You will let the people and elders of Israel, if this, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the, the impotent man, by what means he was made of? You know, Peter and James were on their way to the temple, and they saw this guy who was impotent in the city. He was paralyzed from his, from his mother's womb. Okay? And Peter said, Look on us, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have given unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they held the man and helped him, and he started walking. That is supernatural, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That is supernatural. You can't do that on a normal day. Yeah. Now, how did that happen? How was Peter able to get that done? It was because of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Peter was on his way to prayer when he got this done. Meaning that even though he was, he was filled with the Spirit when he was going, I tell you. And then they were arrested. They were arrested. And then, when they were arrested, they stood before the same council that judged Jesus and killed him. The same group of people, the same individual, the same names. You can read it for yourself in Acts chapter 4. Same people. The same people Peter was afraid of. The disciples were afraid of them. When they came to arrest Jesus, the disciples ran. They ran away. It was so serious that one guy had just gone to the bathroom and was coming back. And he had a, a, a robe on him, but they didn't have anything under the robe. They were trying to catch him. When the soldier held his dress, he removed the dress on him and ran away. The Bible says he ran away naked. Now the same group, Peter is standing before them. Peter has been arrested. The same Peter who denied Jesus and said that, listen, I don't know this man. I have never seen him in my life. On three different occasions. He denied Jesus with, with vehement vim. I tell you, yeah. Vehemently, he said, I do not know him. He was cursing his stars. <laughs> Insulting the girl and all of that. I don't know this man. This same Peter now is filled with the Holy Ghost. And stands before the same people. Stands before the same people and says that, listen. Uh, he, he, he preached to them. And announce the hype. This is uh, uh, he's showing you the people now. Go, go to go, go down. Go to verse nine. We just read verse eight that Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost, isn't it? And he began to speak. If would this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he was made whole? Be it known unto you all. That is why you should not go. Should not attend that interview like that with your physical eyes and with your physical legs before you go into the interview. Enter. Enter a bathroom somewhere. Find a closet somewhere. What are you going to do there? <laughs> One of the key things of helping you get filled with the Spirit is prayer. And prayer, there are different types of prayer. There's a prayer that helps you get filled with the Spirit. It's called praying in tongues. The disciples knew it. So in Acts chapter 6, when there was, a, there was, there was an attempt to take the attention away from the, from the, from prayer and from the word, they said that we will not give attention to these, these things. Appoint other men to take control. But we will give ourselves continually, Acts chapter 6, verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They knew how important, and the word prayer there is actually, in the original writings, is their prayer. They were specific. We'll give, ourselves continually to their prayer. There was a particular prayer that they had. And that prayer is speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. Paul shows us how, why his life was so special. Why was Paul's life so special? First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 18. He says, I thank my God. 
I speak with tongues more than you all. He says, he says to the whole Corinthian church that I thank my God I speak in tongues more than all of you in the church. Meanwhile, he says, I speak in tongues more than you all. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. One of the key things to the influence of the Spirit is prayer. Prayer. Like you don't have to attend the interview just like that. Don't write the, the application letter just like that. Don't, don't sit there and say, I'm, I, I'm writing today, applying to you. When I check the brightness of the sun, I'm applying to your beautiful company to employ me so that I can work with you. No. Before you write that letter, that application letter, set yourself up. 30 minutes you are praying in tongues. You speak in tongues and speak in tongues and speak in tongues. Some confidence that will enter you. You'll be surprised. There's no, you don't have to be on a certain level. When all the power that you require is inside. All that power is inside. What do you do? Speaking in tongues brings that power up. Prayer brings that power up. Are you in the church? Peter spoke boldly. The Bible says that when they saw his boldness, they took knowledge of him that he had been with Jesus. They realized that, ah, this guy has been with Jesus. They were shocked at his boldness. They were shocked at his confidence. That's one of the first things that the influence of the Spirit does for you. It gives you boldness. It gives you confidence. It gives you confidence to accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish. And can you imagine that's one of the first things we need in life? Confidence, boldness, to do whatever. Whatever you are going to do, you are going to start a business. You don't start the business with your physical eyes. You need some boldness to dare to do that particular thing that you say you want to do. Yeah, you need boldness. You need confidence. If you are a ministry, you can't but sw- swim in boldness. You have to be bold. If you are not bold, you will not attempt certain things with the Lord. Laying hands on someone and attempting to pray for the person for the person to be healed takes a lot of boldness and a lot of confidence. Yeah. What if it doesn't work? What if nothing happens? You have to overcome all those things. How do you overcome all those things? Speaking in the language of the Spirit. Are you in the church? Yeah. He says, I thank my God by speaking trans more than you all. Prayer is the one of the main things. There are three things. Prayer, fasting, the Word. When it comes to the Word, study and meditation of the Word. These, these three. Prayer, fasting, the Word. That's why I'm going to be praying and fasting from next week. What are we doing? Yeah. Making sure we are filled with the Spirit. To ensure the manifestations of the Holy Spirit around us. Supernatural accomplishments all over. Look at Acts chapter, Acts chapter 4. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's read verse 29. Acts chapter 4 from verse 29. When Peter and John did the miracle they did, okay, and spoke to the Sanhedrin, was with the Spirit and all of that, they warned them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they sent them away. When they sent them away, they went to their, the Bible says they went to their own company. Go up. Okay, let's read from up. Go to verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. They went to speak to them. Like, that's what they are saying. They say we should not preach in the name of Jesus anymore. Next verse. So there was a challenge, right? Yeah. Instead of running away from the challenge, they knew exactly what to do. They organized a prayer session. Prayer meeting. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. They started praying and said, Lord, thou art God. You see, you must, you must enjoy prayer. As a child of God, prayer is one of the things that, you, that we do. Do you talk to your mom? Do you talk to your dad? Some people don't, so they are not, they are not responding. Okay, do you talk to your beloved? Yes. Or do you talk to your wife or your husband? 
You do, don't you? Yeah. Do you talk to your friends? Yeah. Talking to your friend or whoever is prayer. Prayer is communication between God and man. So just as you talk to your brother or your father or your cousin, okay, it's the same way. You talk to God. Prayer is your special time with God. I'm not talking to any other person. I'm now talking to God. It's my special time with God where we have conversations. I say it. That's what prayer is. So if you go for three weeks without prayer, what it means is that you've gone three weeks without having any special time to talk to God. That's what it means. And the more you talk to somebody, the more you become like the person. Is it true? Communication is a means by, for impartation. If we don't talk, we don't, I, I don't impart you. The more we talk, the more I impart you. And vice versa. If you've noticed, after some time, you start smiling like a friend. After some time, you start behaving like a friend. The one you hang out the most with is the one you start, you realize that you laugh and you realize, ah, this girl's laughter has just affected my laughter now. Hallelujah. So talking to the Lord leads to many impartations. So prayer is a place for many impartations of the Spirit. It's a place for the start of the supernatural. Okay? It's a place for supernatural accomplishments to begin. If you remove yourself from there, you are, you are joking. Praise the Lord. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth, and the sea and all that is in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage? And the people imagined vain things. They were praying to God, they were talking to God. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against the Christ. They were talking about the present circumstance, what was happening. For the truth against the holy, thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. They are threatening us. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Now, they were being told not to speak the word of God. And they prayed that they will get boldness to speak the word of God. Wow. Next verse. By stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. So they were praying for supernatural things to happen. In their efforts, their ministry efforts, supernatural things should happen. Stretch forth your hands, Lord. Do supernatural things amongst us. Now, what was the answer of the Lord? How did God answer? Next verse. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That was the answer. That was the answer they needed. They were all through the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Have you seen it? Yes. Next verse. And a bunch of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither had said any of them that out of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. Next verse. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. How did they get that power? That power was always in them. Yes. They needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that they can show forth. And that was exactly what happened. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. That was the answer of the Lord. The prayer led to that answer of the infinite of the Holy Spirit. The answer of the Lord in the New Testament is always the infinite of the Holy Spirit. Every prayer you pray is answered by the infinite of the Holy Spirit. Are you in the church? So don't leave prayer until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Don't leave prayer until you are shaking. The Bible says where they were was shaking. Don't leave prayer on, on, until you are shaking. You see, you can pray, but you'll not be filled with the Spirit. It's like uh, um, fetching water. You put a bucket under a tap. You want to get the bucket filled with water. Okay? You open the tap, and then after two minutes or two seconds, you close it. You close the tap. Would the bucket be full? Did you open the tap? Yeah. You open the tap. Did you put the bucket there? You put the back but you get the result that you wanted to get because you close it too soon. That's why I said you must you must stay in prayer until you are failed. You know that you are failed. The wishy washy prayer that you've been praying all the years will not work for this year. It's not gonna it's not gonna work. I said spend time in prayer until you shake, until you are shaking, literally. When you are full of spirit, you would know. When you're not full of the spirit, you know that you're not full of the spirit. Ephesians 5, verse 18, 19, and 20. Let us know what happens to you when you're full of the spirit. It says, Be not drunk with wine or any senses, but be full of the spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. Not you speaking to me and me speaking to you, but you speaking to yourself. It says, When you're full of the spirit, you speak to yourself in psalms and hymns. Your heart just overflows with joy. Remember, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's a key evidence of the Holy, of the, of the, of the kingdom of God. So it says, when you're full of the Spirit, you speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You see that you're, you're, no matter what is happening around you, you are joyful. Because you spent enough time in prayer. You can spend time in prayer and realize that you are still depressed. You just prayed for five minutes or ten minutes. But the five or ten minutes prayer was done absent-mindedly. You were thinking on your problems and not on the Holy Ghost. You were praying, but then your mind was on your problems. Lord, you know that. You are speaking the more, but in your mind, Lord, you know that this thing it has not worked. That we've been praying. I don't know when you're going to answer it. You know, some people are waiting for God to answer a prayer. Don't wait for God to answer a prayer. His answer is just one: the infinite of the Spirit. It's just, it's just one: the infinite of the Spirit. And you must, it's with you. You must make sure you have that. And then you know that everything is accomplished. That's what sometimes you say, pray until something, something happens. Yeah. yeah, pray. Speak in the language of the Spirit. It doesn't have to be one hour, two hours, or three hours. You know, that's what I'm talking about. It can be five minutes. But five minutes done with your mind on what you're doing. Understanding exactly what you're doing. The Bible says, pray with understanding. You must pray with understanding. Understanding is so key. Know exactly what you're doing. Okay? Yes. T.L.S. wrote a very big book on, on prayer. Showing us how to pray. You don't pray with your mind wandering all over the place, with your mind thinking about all the bad things you can think about. You pray with, the, with your mind on what Christ, God has done for you in Christ Jesus. The Holy Ghost is inside me. He's my helper. Are you seeing it? As you're praying in tongues, in your mind, the Holy Ghost is in me. As I'm praying now, he's helping me. He's filling me on every side of my life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I cannot go down. I can only go up. I'm moving forward. Every single challenge is bowing down to the Holy Ghost who is inside me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That is what you pray. That is how you pray. Thinking. Not praying, oh Lord. You know that we are struggling. Why are you not sorting us out? Why? 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 So you will not be saying that on your mouth. You are praying in tongues. But in your mind, why? 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 You will not be full of spirit. And hence you will not have an answer to what you are praying for. 
And as we're speaking in tongues, you see, these guys were praying and they said that stretch forth your hands and do miracles, signs and wonders. As we're praying, they were seeing the miracles and signs and wonders happening. The whole place shook. The whole place shook and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they went out there and did marvelous things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See how they filled the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I'm helping you. Pray thinking about Christ in you. And his power in you. You'll be surprised at what it will do for you. You'll be surprised at the explosions you will have and encounter in your life. You come out of prayer knowing that all things are done. Sometimes you'll be praying in tongues like that. Thinking about all the things that God has accomplished. Remember, he says that his power is even at work in you already. Isn't it? So you're not praying with some power coming from somewhere. The power is inside. Ephesians chapter, chapter, chapter 1 verse 19, he says, I pray that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power which is at work in you, okay? According to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised you from the dead. He says, this power is working inside you. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's inside you already. So as you are praying in chance, no Naba Shabala, what are you doing? I'm staring that power inside me. You are not, cons- you are, you are not thinking that the, some, some Power will come from somewhere and make you feel some way before you know that, hey, power has come. No, power is inside me already. So as I'm speaking, the power is inside me. I'm stirring that power up. I'm making that power available for dynamic work. You see, what you think makes all the difference. <laughs> when we say walking in the spirit, we'll talk about it, but let me just say this. When we say walking in the spirit, we are talking about your mind staying on the things of God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul made us know something very important. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your transformation is dependent on the renewal of your mind. If your thinking does not change, if you don't alter your thoughts, you will not have transformations around you. You will be a grown man or a grown woman, 50, 60, 40, 70, whose mind has not changed. You are grown bodily. But you are not grown spiritually. So what you think makes all the difference. Your thinking makes all the difference. There's something called being carnally minded and then being spiritually minded. What I'm telling you is being spiritually minded. Praying with your mind on exactly what God has done for you in Christ. Because God has accomplished it. He's not going to accomplish it. He has accomplished it. The Holy Ghost is in you. Praying knowing that the Holy Ghost is in you. The Holy Spirit is in me. He's working. And what is he in you for? He's in you to help you. He's my intercessor. Thank you, Lord, for the intercession ministry of the Holy Spirit working in me. As you are speaking in tongues, that's what leads to the infinite spirit. Not praying in doubt. So people are praying in tongues. That's why some people think that tongues is nothing. What I'm saying now is the reason why people think that tongues speaking is nothing. Because they see charismatics and Pentecostals speaking in tongues and nothing is happening around them. Because whilst charismatics and Pentecostals are speaking in tongues, their minds are on doubtful things. Things that are not scriptural. It's not scriptural. It's not in the Bible. Let your power come down. It's not going to come down from anywhere. As long as you're thinking like that, you're going to be in trouble. That power is in me. And I'm stirring that power up now. By the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm making it available. Now, when I said speak in tongues until something happens around you, I'm not only talking about any physical evidence. I'm talking about believing. Knowing that this is exactly what, knowing that this is what God has said concerning me. Becoming sure of it in prayer. And then you step out. That is what you need. 
Please, do you understand? Yeah, sometimes you shake, but it's not every time that you shake. You speak in tongues until you know that you know that you know that you know that this is what God has said about me. I believe it and that settles it. You step out there as a lion, as a warrior, knowing exactly what you have become. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this year, you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All the time. I'll never fail in my life. Do you believe it? Yeah. You will never fail in your life. Success all day. To the glory of God. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.